like the greatest now I'm like the greatest now looking like somebody Hi everybody what's going on doing Meadows third degree podcast here we are again early beautiful Tuesday morning nice little cool breeze in the air took my dogs out and actually realized I should probably start putting on a sweatshirt so that always just tells me that we are always into the the busier times of, uh, of October gives us a time to really appreciate just spending time with not only family members, but also appreciating the nitty gritty of all the sports. I'm joined today by my good friend, Mr. Brennan Bowling of Last Call Sports and Acres Down South. We had his uh, business partner, Jacob, on uh, a, few, uh, a little while ago. This is the uh, the other head honcho behind Acres Down South, Brennan. It's good to see you, sir. Thank you for coming on. Good to see you, too, and thank you for having me. I, man, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to talk some football. And uh, Man, you talking about waking up on a cool, crisp fall mm. Tuesday morning. It's got me fired up, all right? These are the best times of the year. You've got football here. You're, well, you're in the prime time of football. we got some uh, preseason major, basketball going on right now. Major, major big boy football time. It, it is. got playoff baseball, so you got a little bit of everything right now. And uh feels good outside. This is the best time of the year. I don't care what anybody says, especially in the South. I completely agree, sir. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a summer lover. I, I definitely love my summer, definitely love my rays, you know, out on a body of water, drinking some brewskis, kicking back, but that there's nothing like the fall. Um ladies and gentlemen, before um we have another massive slate of college football games. Now, Brennan, this is why I am such a fan of the conference realignment, of all the movement, of pretty much every bit of these constant changes. Because last week felt big. It was oh. glorious. You had matchup after matchup, even starting with the Colorado collapse and even just going all the way into um, later into where you just see uh, – what is it like the whole showdown between Miami and North Carolina and obviously the beatdown with USC that just felt like a big college football weekend. And it seems as though for the last like 15, 20 years, we would get those weekends, maybe a, a handful of times throughout a 12 week span. Well, now going forward that now all these teams are going to start scheduling other big programs and other big brands. It feels like we're going to have much more of what we had last week going forward and man, last week was just so much fun, especially with uh, the Oregon and um, uh, the Oregon and Michael Penick show. Hey, for sure. Uh, this past weekend was a great weekend of college football. It was a great slate altogether. Um, and I'll tell you, I became a believer of a couple of teams this past weekend that I previously was not. Uh, Washington being one of them. I was a little lower on Washington coming in this year than a lot of people were. I still thought they were a solid team. Uh, I love Michael Penix, but you've seen his career. He's gotten hurt every single year. Um, you know, he has a lot weighing down on him. I didn't think that he would be able to come out and do that against Oregon, Oregon being a stout defense that they are. I think Oregon is legit. I think Oregon is the more complete team. I still do. But Michael Penix put his team on, you know, on his back that game and – led them to a huge victory. I still don't think it takes anything away from Oregon, but I'm a believer in Michael Penix, Dylan Johnson, and, and Washington now. So that was one of the best games of the, of the weekend for sure. Um, but then also you're talking about Colorado. So I have a new rule when it comes to betting. All right. Don't go to bed 
while there's still West <laughs> Coast games. active bet on the line. <laughs> well, while there's still West Coast games going on. Uh, because one thing I've learned is that West Coast games, there's about to be fireworks. And if you're going to bed, might as well just go ahead and cash out because you don't know what the hell's about to happen. Well, I don't know how about every one of our listeners, but I myself am not a father, so I don't have that dad strength like you and a few of our other our guests who are able to stay up in the wee hours of the morning, get about two or three hours of sleep, and then just start the day the next day fresh as a daisy. I don't know what that's like. I need my beauty sleep. This bear needs his he, – he needs his sleep, so – I yeah, you're right. Just kind of just going to bed thinking, oh, 29 to nothing, Stanford. Okay. Good night. It's been a it's it's been a long Friday. We're on to Saturday. And then you wake up to that news and it's just very grueling. And but uh thankfully, uh Brandon, I was kind of uh I put my little uh, tin full hat on. I was thinking, okay, well we also have those weekends in college football where just chaos happens. Mm-hmm. Unexplained just random chaos and i was just thinking like okay like that friday night game especially where like you said everyone went to bed everyone's just kind of thinking they got it hell those people that even uh put the colorado win total over in the time travelers a little 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 action there with thinking like oh okay well that just hit you know <laughs> so that's, oh, yeah. that's a good little easy, easy future bet to be placed in early september and then obviously to cash out before halloween not <laughs> so fast my friend and then yeah Bro, like I was thinking, like okay, could this be like? Is that an, is that foreshadowing what could possibly happen? So I was even a little bit like weary, a little bit with my bets this past weekend, and um, the best one that I felt more confident about in any one of them was Oregon because mm-hmm. Oregon, as you said, like had looked great. Bo Nix Heisman campaigns all through. The defense was much better. I had said that they had the better pass rush and the better defense. Secondary is still a little questionable, but when you have a fierce front seven, back end doesn't really have to do too, too much or have that much responsibility. But, Brandon, like it just, even though it was a push and even though that the way that it ended, how it ended, you're right. Michael Penix definitely uh, bolstered his Heisman odds, already looking pretty good and now pretty much, I guess, vaulted himself to the top, especially with how Caleb Williams performed. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be surprised if these teams don't see each other again. Like these no, two teams are clearly the best two teams in the Pac-12. Which, Brandon, I want to kind of give a little love to the Pac-12. Give a lot of go ahead and give a lot of love to the Pac-12. Golf clap, brava, encore, the grand finale that is the the Pac-12. You talk about going out with a bang. Mm-hmm. And it's not just two teams, man. It's it's the whole slate every single weekend. Pretty it much. really is. Even down to Stanford, which clearly can pull off an upset at any given moment. Now, like that's hey, the kid, brava, the receiver from Canada. Uh, what what was what's his name? The uh, the receiver from uh, he's a Canadian kid. Um, Number thirteen. Yeah, that torched them. Oh, um, he had it starts with an A, and I'm already gonna make. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna try because I will disrespect the or family. Something like, that. something like that. The guy that was cooking Travis Hunter, that guy, like the dude yeah. can play ball. All right, holy and hell! I don't know where he's been this whole year. I hadn't even heard of him this year, and then he comes out and puts it on Travis's head the, the entire um, game. Well, the entire second half at least. <laughs> 
He must have watched Friday Night Lights and got an inspirational speech from Coach Taylor before that game, or even 100%. at that halftime. And it's one hundred percent a lot you know, of great Shadur things. Would, well, Shadur at halftime was tweeting or was posting about oh. his merch and stuff. So oh. if I'm if I'm prime, Ooh. I'm coming in pissed off this week at everybody, and especially Shadur. You're gonna act like that and do that, and you know I'm a little heated too because I was previously a Buffalo. I, I I changed my my <laughs> Apple I changed my Apple ID to a, to a Buffalo emoji. All right, I loved them. I loved what they had going on. But after did, they lost me a lot of money I, I this weekend, I haven't saved in my phone as a as a <laughs> Buffalo emoji. Yeah, but after they they lost me my money this weekend, um, I'm I'm thinking about not being a Buffalo anymore after what I saw. They uh they cost me as well too, Brandon. Again, it was not a good. It was not a good wake-up call to Saturday, but the better wake-up calls for pretty much everything that was happening for last week was, all right, now we're starting to see the good teams really just start to emerge. And some of these teams that we thought that were one thing or not, you know, are starting to kind of teeter and starting to kind of have a lot more questions. And then there's some other teams where it's, all right, we thought we wrote them off and everyone thought they were dead, but they're kind of just starting to, you know, ascend a bit. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what's the great thing about college football because at the end of the day, we're dealing with kids and still human beings. Emotions fluctuate each and every year, or I'm sorry, each and every week. And that's what makes the sport so great. And again, Brennan, that's why I think the sport's going to get even bigger. It's going to get even better. Those that are really pushing or resisting this change are only going to see that, you know, in the coming years. But as of now, they're able to, you know, kind of resist. But um, anyway, the transfer portal has opened up everything and made it a better made college football better, in my opinion. I now, agree. It does hurt some aspects of the game, um, you know, as far as a traditional look at coaching and a traditional look of sticking with a program and sticking stuff out. And when times get hard, it does kind of downplay that in a way. But at the same time, from a fan perspective, it makes everything better because all these big time players that are going to schools that aren't getting the playing time right away or aren't getting, you know, aren't don't have the best relationship with their coaching staff at that point, transfer out, go to the Pac-12, become a superstar. Basically, is what what it's becoming right now. Look at and, Keon uh, Coleman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, him, Dylan Johnson. Uh, I mean, shoot, Penix leaving Indiana and going out there. I mean, Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman, Nick's leaving Auburn and going out there. I mean, like. It is – if you want to go be a superstar, go transfer out and go to the Pac-12 pretty much at this point. Yeah, while it's still there, the remaining two te- – and, hell, even the remaining two teams, what is it, Washington State and Oregon State. Like, I mean, Oregon State had a big uh, big win. Who would have thought that Washington State would have just get their ass kicked by Arizona? But, I mean, you know, we're, I don't know about um, – I don't know about y'all, but, I mean, we're uh, – here at the Third Degree Podcast, we are fans of Jed Fisher, and we, mm-hmm. we appreciate what he does at Arizona and what he has done. And uh, uh, one of the best bets I've actually felt good all year about and uh, that had a nice little hit was uh, Arizona plus 22 against USC. That was a nice little oh, yeah. hit for us. Well, yeah, I've uh, I've been a big supporter of Arizona this year. I've won a lot of money off Arizona. I think every single week I've taken them to either cover or money line to win uh, when they weren't. People favored. don't even like they're not even acknowledging them. And no. when you talk Noah about Fafita value is the hunting, real deal. Arizona is the way to go. One hundred percent, Noah Fafita. And you know what? Uh, what's even crazier? I saw a story on it the other day. Uh, he's got four teammates on his team from high school. They all went to I think it was Striver or, or Striever. 
high school in uh, in California, I believe. Uh, Fafita and and four of his teammates. I think they're the middle linebacker, receiver, tight end. Uh, they all went to that Striver High School and played together, and then now they're all at Arizona playing together, and nobody else hardly recruited them. And, That's incredible. Uh, Noah Fafita is the real deal. Uh, he might be terribly undersized, but he's the real deal. Well, Brendan, I'll tell you what else is the real deal. And we already talked about it. This slate that we have this weekend, another great slate, big brands going up against one another, ranked teams. I want to start off with uh, just saying I think, Brendan, it's a little disrespectful how this first matchup we're going to talk about is one of the very first games, which I guess is a little disrespectful now. But then I think about, well, when they when this team particularly plays Michigan towards the end of the year, it's one of the very first games played as well. So it's a little just kind of like a yin and yang. But, ladies and gentlemen, one of the premier matchups for this incredible weekend. And, again, it's right right before lunch. Or like if you live uh, for our East Coast listeners, it's right there, right at primetime lunch, and it's mm-hmm. them, uh, them Ohio State Buckeyes going up against Penn State. And Brandon, I am excited about this game. I, I think I'd be even more excited if it was at Penn State and it was like a whiteout game, or if it was a at Penn State whiteout or at night, it'd be even more electric. But still, Ohio State, the shoe, people are going to be rowdy. It doesn't matter, man. I'm actually I'm vibing with the Nittany Lions. Hashtag we are. All right, I was a little. I tried to get a little too too greedy last week and uh, bet on Purdue just because I (laughs) not because I am hold on not because I'm a fan of Purdue but because of how just mid Ohio State has looked. So I thought, oh okay, they're giving me. 18 it's fluctuating between 18 and 20 it's like all right i don't normally like to bet big spread games but just like that's and it was at purdue everyone knows there's that weird magic inside a uh, boilermaker stadium and just i was like okay like I, there's some favoritism here but uh with penn state it's different man because um and i talked about this with um fellow co-host um, Justin Stanley, who is a Penn Stater, I guess you can say. There we go. They haven't really played anybody. Mm-mm. And, you know, there's the speculation with James Franklin and the athletic director purposefully, like, scheduling these games just so they can at least have a chance to where they can put themselves in position. And, you know, there's all that. And then there was that whole weird you know, exchange with him and the reporter, like talking about like throwing deep. He's like, Oh, you're making me uncomfortable. Sort of a speaking. I thought that was kind of funny, but other people were like, what the hell is he doing? But, um, dude, the quarterback that Penn state has drew Aller. Aller's the real deal. Oh yeah. He hadn't thrown an interception this year either. That's exactly. And which is why last year I kept clamoring like, okay, we have seen what Sean Clifford is with Penn state. We've seen Mm -hmm. it. Now put in this kid. Like, let's see what this physical anomaly of a like. He's he's six five, has an incredible cannon. He's like big and strong. It's like again, like this. This looks like you know, like a version of like a mini Josh Allen. You know, without like I haven't seen him like as mobile, but as far as like his physical attributes, like this looks like Josh Allen. Yeah, and he's not being talked about enough. Um, out of all the quarterbacks right? that are being talked about, he's not being talked about nearly enough. He has the 
physical tools and the he is the prototypical NFL quarterback as far as what you're saying. Big body, staying in the pocket, cannon out of a, of an arm. Like yes. the dude's legit and he's not being talked about at all. Now, granted, like you said, they haven't played anybody, but I'm a believer in Aller and I like them and I actually like Penn State here, like you're saying. Uh, but yes. I will tell you my favorite bet of this game is gonna be Penn State first half money line because end of the game, Ohio State seems to always come alive in the second half. Early this year, this year so far, Ohio State has started off horrible every single game. They've started off rough every single game. Penn State hasn't really played anybody. They've kind of started off slow each game too. But I think coming in and playing against Ohio State, they're going to be a little bit more fired up about it. And I think Penn State money line, first half money line, is one of my favorite bets of the entire week. A particular bet I'm really intrigued on with this specific game is the under, specifically yes. because of uh, how aggressive both defenses are. But I'm at, mm-hmm. I, I'm still rolling with Penn State because I, I think not only do they have a really good defense, I just think they have a better quarterback play. Like Kyle McCord, in my opinion, has shown you nothing that like even against like subpar competition, like he's still like under 60%, like kind of teetering within like 50 to 55%. Again, like against like not like shut down corners or anything like that. And then this is with Marvin Harris Jr. that you're throwing to. And uh, Emike Iboka, if I messed up that last name, I apologize to the family, but the other elite receiver that they have, like, and again, you're like, you're, you're this, like you're, you're, you're completing half your passes to these guys. Like what? That's not right. And, and Travion Henderson hasn't been as, been as good either. Um, Has he, He's only played like maybe like what two or three games too. He's, like, he's had an injury games, history yeah. with yeah, exactly within like the last like year or so, man. Like it's it's very. And Mayan Williams still hasn't even taken the reins. Uh, even after Trayvon Henderson went out, Mayan Williams hadn't even taken the taken the reins. So, uh, and he's supposed to be you know the type of the that guy. guy too. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on Ohio State. I, I've watched them a good bit this year, and um, they start out slow, and then they somehow put together a good game at the end of the game uh, to end up covering all these you know crazy spreads that they have. But McCord's just not it. Marvin Harrison's the real deal. Yes, but that, McCord's that, that just is not it. undeniable. He was created in a kinda... lab, I think. He, well, I mean, look at who his father is, and you know, <laughs> yeah. obviously, if you have someone like that and someone like Reggie Wayne and uh, Peyton Manning, also just kind of like mentoring you. I mean, it's almost just like Shador has Tom Brady as his mentor, but uh, I don't know, man. For some, like uh, time, time travelers are seeing something, and I'm not, especially a little bit with what I'm seeing with this money here. Like, it seems like sixty percent is going towards Ohio State. I guess they're favoring the fact that they're just a like they're at home. Home's and they've over. played like a Notre Dame, like they've played like I guess quote unquote quality opponents, and Penn State hasn't. But I think people are just either underselling or just don't really know too much about that Penn State defense. And again, this is against like subpar competition, but I think they can take it to Ohio State, and the fact that uh, the Ohio State's only like not even a touchdown favorite like really gives me that clear indication. I'm with you 100, percent and I think people are putting too much uh, emphasis on the uh, recent games there uh, with their money percentages. Um, I can see that. Because Notre Dame, yes, Sam Hartman, I I believe he's the real deal as well, and Notre Dame has a great defense. Um, Actually, talking about Notre Dame, they were one of my favorite plays of this past week just because USC can't defend anyone. Um, So I love Notre Dame. 
But watching that Notre Dame-Ohio State game, Ohio State showed a great defense, but they had opportunity to, opportunities to score, and McCord just couldn't get it done. Um, so, again, yeah. I'm, I'm with you here. I, I like Penn State this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Penn State, hammer the dog, or the road dog, so to speak. I love road should. dogs, too. Yes, I mean, you should. I mean, that's that's one of the very – valuable things i love about value hunting uh, and we're we're going to talk about another uh possible road dog here the uh what do they call it down here in the south the third saturday in october where pretty much the old historical rivalry of the great university of tennessee takes on the great university of alabama in a crimson versus orange uh matchup to where it doesn't matter what color you're wearing everyone ends up bloody and that rivalry rivalry runs so deep but then again for those that are not tennessee and alabama fans it's still very entertaining to watch because both fan bases are incredibly passionate obviously want to win both teams are i don't want to say different from last year i mean obviously different from last year but as far as just like scheme and pretty much a little bit like players Mm-hmm. Not too, too much different, but right now, man, a lot of people are starting to kind of think Alabama's back and money line's kind of showing it. Like a lot of people are favoring Alabama. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't seen, um, there's a Alabama minus nine and a half, which I think is a little disrespectful to Tennessee because Alabama, even though if you didn't watch that Alabama-Arkansas game, I had to because I had some action on that. Brendan, I don't know if you paid too close to attention, but the fact that they were able to let Arkansas like start coming back and at least like get in a position to actually like get ahead, like mm-hmm. pretty much scoring twenty four points and was like, All right, we're done for the day. Like our offense is done. Like <laughs> Did like you Jaylen see Monroe, that one play by KJ Jefferson? Uh where he I uh, did. I threw think, someone I think it was off a... and then just little a little dump pass off the it, sideline. Yeah. Like yeah. I think it was a uh, I think it was either outside linebacker or uh, I think it may have been a cornerback that rushed right there. Uh dude, he hit him as hard as he could and didn't even budge KJ Jefferson. KJ Jefferson just blew him off, ran out and hit somebody on the run. I can't remember who it was, but that was one of the best plays I've seen all year for just this from, year, yeah. Yeah, like it was insane. Like I mean, it kind of went unnoticed in the game, but I was like, "Good lord, KJ Jefferson <laughs> is a monster." Um and it sucks because Arkansas is not a very good football team this year. But KJ Jefferson is a very good. He's player. he's legit. He's the real he deal. Is, and, and he he's he's in the name of the quarterback class that is we already know is incredible. He he's just another name that just keeps, I guess, going underneath the radar. Maybe if he tests well, who knows? Maybe one of these. I mean, he seems like a second round, possibly third round pick. Where you can even if you already have an established starter, you can take him and he could possibly like beat out one of the starters. That's yeah. I'm all for KJ Jefferson, but yes, the fact that Alabama almost let them come back after only just giving up six points and then just really just uh, giving up 15 straight points, man, like it's well, I'll tell you this: my, minus nine seems a lot. It, it definitely does, and uh, looking at it at first glance, it, it does look a little disrespectful because a couple of things that uh, I'm I'm 100 sure on now: Tennessee is more traditional Alabama than Alabama is right now. Tennessee has turned into this run it down your throat, 
hard-nosed defensive football team that last year, you know, Tennessee had no defense and were spread you out, throw it deep, and let's put up as many points as we possibly can. Tennessee's not that anymore. They're not that this year. Um, Milton has shown that he can make big plays, mm. but him and Milrow are similar as they'll give you an explosive play every now and then. We're like, good Lord, this, this kid's good. But then the next 60% of the plays, it's going to be get him off the field. He's what not the sitting in the doing? pocket. Yeah, he's not sitting in the pocket. He's not waiting for the, for the play to develop. He's not going through his reads. Neither one of them go through their reads. They already have one guy that they have picked out before the snap even happens. And they're looking at him until either they throw a bad pass or take the sack or run out of the pocket. That's, that's all it is. So I'm not sold on either one of these quarterbacks. Um, I, I've been preaching that I want Nico to take the job from Milton all year. I think Nico's <laughs> the real deal. I love Nico. I feel like there's a but, few boosters that are uh, talking <laughs> about that as well. I, yeah. I mentioned that to Jacob and a few other volunteer fans, and no one wants to, no one wants to breach that conversation just yet. <laughs> Hey, I'm not a Tennessee why, fan. I'm he, actually uh, historically, yeah, I'm, a, I'm like, a Tennessee like, hater. Hey, I have no, I have no emotional investment into your program. That's why I'm just like, hey, like booster cutting a check, really big check, starting to ask questions. No one wants to talk about it. It's like, all right, yeah. well, there's. And you have this good of a defense. Uh, if your offense could be 75 percent of what it was last year, Tennessee, the SEC is wide open. Tennessee could easily win the SEC if Milton could get this offense or if even if they let Milton go and bring in Nico and this offense becomes 75% of what it was last year, the SEC is wide open and Tennessee has a legit shot. So, but back to this game right here, I've got Tennessee covering it. I think the under, what is the under at right now? 50 and a half or I thought 49? it was like, I thought it was at 47. Let me, uh, 47. Let me, uh, 48, 48. Okay. Yep. So I think that'll probably be bet down. I think it'll be bet down if we wait till Friday. I think it might be closer to 46 or 45. So I'm all at getting on the under right now. Um, like we said, both of these players, they can make big explosive plays uh, every now and then. But for the most part, both of these teams are going to be running the ball. Tennessee has a good run defense too. So I like Tennessee to cover and I like the under to hit. Um, being in Alabama does scare me a little bit because it is a tough place to play, and we've already seen what Tennessee does on the road at Florida, <laughs> which is not good. Um, but if you're just looking at statistics here and data, Tennessee should cover this game and the under should hit. I'm following the analytics as well, um, simply just be <clears throat> simply because um, I think Tennessee, just from a locker room perspective, they're just feeling a lot better than Alabama. Like Alabama mm -hmm. still has their questions. Um, even Brandon, what I noticed last week as well, when Alabama was playing Arkansas, Jalen Monroe <laughs> came out firing deep shot after deep shot after deep shot, but then the second half started. Not so much. Like you're not really like you're taking the shots, but you're not connecting. Like mm -hmm. it's you're having up and down quarterback play, and at least with uh, Joe Milton, yeah, you're still going through the same thing. But you um you have that run game, as you said, to really just kind of like ease in. You know, at least like with the play action, just like make that a little bit of a different factor as well. Um, the fact that Brew McCoy is man, it's. That's, that's, that's sad just sad deal. for college. Well, not just for Tennessee fans, just for college football fans. Like college football fans need Brew McCoy out there making plays. Um, one hundred percent. And he's a special talent too. 
He is absolutely. Like I said just for absolute selfish reasons in college football fan fandom. We we need Brew McCoy out there making plays. But number twenty seven, uh, Pierce for Tennessee Tennessee's defense. That dude's mm-hmm. a game wrecker. And he the is. fact that he's on the edge and just he's the he's the speed guy, or I guess the uh, the Joker position as it's called within that uh, the or the um, the dime package. It's bro, he can get after the quarterback very quickly. And even he though Jalen Monroe has the athletic ability, like Pierce can easily run him down too. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too is um, back to Alabama for a second. Milrow, I think if they, which you know as as a coach like Saban and a system like Alabama has, they're not just going to change up their whole system and philosophy for one player for a year. All right. But let's just say if they could change their whole offensive system to run a system like Florida did with, with Tebow, where it's, you know, basically a triple option the whole time. And just run it with the quarterback. Alabama might be my favorite team to win it all this year, just because you're putting Milrow in a position where he is the entire offense and he can use his abilities to get outside and make plays. Um, but they are trying to make him a pocket passer and sit back there in the pocket, and that's not him. He's not that. He is a running back playing quarterback uh, that does make some good plays every now and then. But like I'm saying, if they could just figure out a way to to let Milrow run, Alabama, I would take Alabama to cover this game. <laughs> I think that's more of an influence, Brennan, of um, on Tommy Reese, like being strong armed to like make him a pocket passer because yeah. Tommy Reese, ladies and gentlemen, in case you forgot, he comes from Notre Dame and he is more accustomed to running the ball and actually having a a yes, a pocket style quarterback, but he's also known of having a physical run game and they've definitely tried to implement that with uh with Jace McClellan. But yeah, if you can like Brandon said, if you can have like a some form of variation of like the triple option, kind of a little bit of like what Auburn tries to do with Robbie mm-hmm. Ashford as far as like the misdirection and everything. If yeah. you can have like that, but obviously with Jalen Monroe and Jace McClellan and at least have Jermaine Burton as a either a, a pitch guy or just running an RPO or, you know, just focus around those three playmakers on offense, then yeah, you you know, you at least got something as well. But we all know the Alabama defense is going to keep them in games. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm picking Tennessee to cover with the nine and a half. And, um, yeah, the, the under sounds so good with this team. Yeah. Uh, I'm still picking Alabama to win. But yeah, like I feel like Tennessee will put up a much better fight and it'll it won't be as I don't think it'll be as disrespectful as that. But yeah. um I agree. We're hey, on we the were same just page talking there. about what's that? We're on the same page there. Salute. Uh speaking of Auburn, uh, even though they just got uh their butts whooped by their uh their contemporaries and those other tigers, they get to come back home. Brandon, they get to lick their wounds, they get to take a look, that toilet paper off the uh, the trees just for right now, and they get to uh, welcome in them Rebs and Lane Train and Jackson Dart and Quinston Judkins. They 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 making the trip all the way down to Toomer, Alabama. Ole Miss taking on Auburn. Now, <laughs> this seems pretty interesting simply from the storyline let's go all right let's go ahead and address the massive elephant that is Hugh Freeze Hugh Hugh Freeze taking on Ole Miss very first time since his departure easy to make that the easy narrative but I feel like Brendan the bigger narrative with this would be could this be a chance to where Ole Miss could get got like because Ole Miss Yes, it's 
I'm glad we're already trending within the same page. Uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ole, uh, Ole Miss is currently favored as a road. Uh, they're favored as a a road um or on, or as a they're a road favorite. Excuse me. <laughs> I guess the espresso is finally kind of wearing down. Unfortunately, maybe it's time for a re up. <laughs> uh, but they're a road favorite. But Brandon, we all know it, Auburn, like their state, like Jordan Hare Stadium, like there's. It's one of the toughest there, places to play in college. There football. are leprechauns and black cats and broken glass and ladders to, that people are going under, over, jumping off of. Like there is just weird energy in that stadium where Cam Newton in a onesie, the kick six, <laughs> like just so much. Bruce Pearl will probably be in the stands getting hype, Shirtless. like just. <laughs> oh, oh god yeah like just show yeah for sure yeah. dude like that there is no denying the passion for that fan base and again like i know they just got their ass kicked but i feel like this will be a short week like they'll just be like all right take their losses because i feel like lane and the i feel like lane and the rebels are kind of like looking ahead too far because they're like all right well Texas A&M's kind of out of it. We beat LSU, so we're ahead of them. The only team we're technically looking up ahead of is Alabama, which I believe does uh, does Ole Miss play Alabama? Let me look right, they've already quick. played Alabama. Alabama beat them. That's right. Pretty, that's right. Yeah, because they. Too, that's well, no, that's right. Because um, I remember in the scouting communities uh, when I was reading a few threads. Uh, saying that Lane basically like laid an egg, like really laid an egg because they had, had a chance a to really yeah. – A huge opportunity. Yeah, so that's the only team they're looking up at. So um, I think at this point they're probably just going to – actually, now that I think about it, let me look at Ole Miss's rest of the – what's the rest of the way look like? Well – Oh, it, yeah, it def- dude. They can – they they're pretty much going to be like sleepwalking essentially for the next like three weeks because they they're going to Auburn this week. Then they play Vanderbilt. Then they play – Texas A&M, both of those games are at home. Then they go to Georgia. So Lane's probably going to just be thinking, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to throw everything at them already. I'm going to be very conservative. And, you know, Jacob had said last week that, you know, Auburn just struggles to just score points. But if you ugly up this game, kind of force their defense to stay on the field much longer, and you know how Lane gets, especially if he's down, he wants to score, score quick. And if they do and turn this into a shootout and just kind of just make it to where it's Auburn's rushing element that decides this game, dude, give me Auburn. So I love Auburn here. I'm actually bigger on Auburn than most people are for the year uh, because I think Auburn has a superb defense. All right. And don't let Robbie Ashford learn how to pass the ball. Don't let that happen. I wish they would play Robbie Ashford more uh, because Peyton Thorne tries to run the ball every over. single play and he it's has no, he, he ain't got no wheels all right it's over um but the thing is with auburn they have a great defense Hugh freeze plays up to his competition uh auburn is one of the toughest places to play earlier this year against georgia uh i picked uh, auburn to auburn was my lock of the week to cover and then i picked auburn money line in that game which it was about to happen until brock bowers went super saiyan in the fourth quarter and uh Prayers up led him to a victory as well Yes, prayers up for Brock Bowers. I hate that because the kid's a great kid, mm. great football player, great talent. As um, a fan, we don't need that. Yeah. Even if we're not Georgia fans, as a fan of the sport, we need Brock Bowers on the field. 100%. And dude's one of the hardest workers out there. Um, but 
Auburn, I think, can take this game. Um, Ole Miss's defense is so poor that I think Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, whichever one gets more of the clock this game, I think either one of them could look like a solid quarterback this week. Not a good quarterback because neither one of them are good, but I think they could look solid, and I think that they could move the ball down the field. Um, as for Ole Miss on offense, Trey Harris is now healthy and back, and Judkins is now looking healthy and back. Actually healthy, um, yes. So their offense is scary when they're all healthy and Dart has looked great all year. But coming into Auburn, I think it's a totally different scenario here. And uh, I like Auburn covering this, and I think I, I've got Auburn money line too. I think that might be one of my favorite picks of the picks of the whole week. Um, only thing that does make me a little bit nervous is, you know, it's not November yet, and that's usually when Lane starts laying an egg is in November. He'll usually start off hot, and then when it comes to late October, early November, he's going to drop one that he shouldn't have. Um, but I, I've got I've got Auburn this week. We're pretty close to November. <laughs> yeah, it, it could happen. It could happen, you know, pretty early. Uh, so I, well, I think if, it happens right now. If if uh, Brandon, if we stick with that trend, then that means within the next three weeks, he's going to lose to either Auburn, Vanderbilt, or Texas A and M. My, I would guess, out of those three, my guess would be Auburn out of uh, out of those three because obviously we know what Vanderbilt is. Texas A and M. I don't even think they even need to warn any other conversation, you know, other than, you know, when, not if, if Jimbo, <laughs> is Jimbo going to go? Yeah. So that's pretty much, you know, I mean, yeah. So if he, if he sticks to that mantra, we all do. That's, but, and that's hey, why. I will say this. Max Johnson is better than Wigman. Max Johnson oh, yeah. actually gives them a better chance oh. in each game than Wigman. Oh. Oh, I see. All right. You sure there's not any Patron in that coffee? No, I swear. That's a, that's a dangerous game to start the morning with uh, coffee and tequila. Hey, look. <laughs> I, shoot, I wish. It might start this Tuesday <laughs> off a little better. And Thursday, uh, t- uh, what is it? Uh, tasty Tuesday, as they like yeah. to call it. But uh, I'm all for that tasty bet that you have. Just the Auburn money line, Auburn points. Hey, um, yeah, I'm feeling this. But, and it seems like um, this is kind of going to let that mantra that uh, Jacob was talking about last week. When a lot of the bet uh, – public is betting one side bet the other almost 80 percent of this money right now is going to mississippi so yeah i mean just yeah and <laughs> sharps t- right now are going on auburn too so you know following sharps uh can sometimes get you beat but a lot of times uh your sharps are going to be the ones that uh they know a little that bit deceive more of what's going on. you the most yeah. they are the gps that leads you into the river and or off the cliff it is your 100%. responsibility to rip off and make sure you can just go buy a new GPS system. <laughs> 100%. But speaking of uh, buying things, hey, man, I'm buying Brady Cook and the Missouri oh. Tigers. I am. I didn't know too much about Brady Cook. I knew a little bit, a bit that Missouri was going to be a pretty good team, especially from the defensive uh, side of the ball. I just didn't know anything about their offensive personnel other than Luther Burden. Other than him, everyone else was just kind of just like a, you know, a Fugazi, a Fugazi. So now you actually like, but now they have a quarterback to go along with an elite receiver. And 
Hell, I, I sprinkled a little, uh, little, little, little skin in the game last week with uh, Missouri taking on Kentucky because I'm like, what? The time travelers are going with Devin Leary over this kid? Give me a break. I'm going to go with this kid. And I'm buying these Missouri Tigers, man, right now. I'm so happy for Eli Drinkwitz. Well, we're going to come to a part of the show where we disagree. So That's wonderful. So <laughs> last week, Kentucky was my lock. I am not a believer in Missouri. Kentucky laid an egg, but I'll tell you this. This is why Kentucky laid an egg. I don't think Kentucky's good. Okay, I, I don't think Kentucky's a good football team, but I also don't think Missouri's a good football team. I see. But Kentucky laid an egg because of all the comments that uh, that what's his name made the, the Kentucky's coach. They laid an egg because there is turmoil <laughs> in that locker room now after all of his comments. One hundred percent. Okay, but here's my take on Missouri. Well, I'll give you my take on South Carolina too. People get scared when betting, and they start looking at teams. They're like, you know scared what? Money don't make money. I do Sca- not get scared. And scared give me money South don't Carolina. Make money. Okay, give me South Carolina. I'm not scared. I've gone against Missouri every okay. week this year. Give me South Carolina to cover. Okay. We ride with the sinking ship. We will, I will not- go down. <laughs> I will go down with my ship, and my ship is a is is hating on Missouri. Because they have gotten lucky. If you look at their first three or four games, they got lucky. They played Memphis. Memphis played them close. Memphis is not a good football team. Kansas State, not a good football team. They won by the thicker kicker's kick, all right, to to end the game. Mm -hmm. So. The LSU backdoor cover was. LSU backdoor cover. And LSU, everybody looks at what Missouri did against LSU. LSU has the worst secondary in the entire nation. The worst secondary in the entire nation. And if it wasn't yeah. for uh, what's the what's the what's the uh, edge rusher there? At, um, uh, the dude that's a freak for LSU. Um, oh, Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins. If it wasn't from Harold Perkins, LSU might have the worst defense in the entire the whole defense in the entire nation. Okay, so <laughs> probably why he was in coverage the start of the year. How bad <laughs> yeah. that secondary was. <laughs> yeah, that secondary is horrible. But like I said, I'm not sold on Missouri. I think that Burden is a really good player. Um, Brady Cook. He's played well, but I'm not a believer in Brady Cook still. I'm waiting on Brady Cook to to show old Brady Cook. And I think it might could be this weekend. Old I think, Brady Cook. I think this Some weekend. Some might get that reference. You might have to dive, you, you have to dive deeper into that reference. I get that <laughs> reference, but some, you have to dive deeper into that reference. Hey, if people remember uh, Brady Cook uh, from, uh, from last year, even just go back to last year, he was walking off that field getting booed. Most of the games. (laughs) All right. So I'm proud of what he's come back and done. And I am proud of Missouri. More power to him. But I'm not a believer. And when I have a feeling I stick with it and I'm sticking with it this week, I'm taking South Carolina to cover. I think Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback in the SEC. Um, It is coming to that point where he starts becoming a cocky piece of shit, though, and starts making some comments and, and, you know – derailing the team a little bit but i don't think we're fully there yet so i think we've got another good week of of, of spencer rattler and team chemistry so give me rattler give me south carolina to cover this week so here's why i'm inclined to somewhat join you because even though that 
South Carolina is currently trending one way and Mizzou is trending another way. The time travelers have this as Missouri is only a touchdown home favorite. Mm-hmm. That's a side it's, eye game. Like it's that's a, little a side bit of a trap. eye. Like, yeah, it is. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm just kind of just like looking at it like, all right, well, is this a you know, is this one of those games where it's like, all right, well, Vegas uh, needs uh, they need a new hotel because last week a lot of uh, something didn't happen its way, and now they're kind of setting this to where it's like, all right, well, we need to kind of like make up for what we lost last week, and sixty five percent of the money's going towards Mizzou. There's there there's there's a few people with you, Brandon, with your uh, with your South Carolina. They're, they're feeling you. I will say this, uh, amongst the NFL scouting communities, like even mm-hmm. though South Carolina is having a bad season, they still feel as though there's some players on that team that are really good, and Spencer Rattler being one of them. Like they, the NFL communities have come around on Spencer Rattler. And and Leggett is a, is, is a legit yeah, threat, Yeah, Xavier Leggett. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's another South Carolina wide receiver that no one talks about but then gets to the NFL and just balls out. You know, shout out Alshon Jeffrey and Debo Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And so Missouri right now, they're getting 88% of the money too. Um, So if you're looking at that, so 88% of the money, uh, and that's to cover uh, seven. Um, I I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Missouri also can give up a lot of points too. Uh, They can. You look look at Kansas State, Memphis. uh, Hell, I even tried to call Vandy this year to to, – to beat Missouri, I thought that was one of those games that Vandy, as bad as they are, they could sneak a up on. They gave a lot of points to Vandy too, didn't they? Yeah, Vandy put up twenty-one against them, um, and then LSU <laughs> put up forty-nine. Kentucky put up twenty-one. Um, so I mean, they're giving up points. I like the over here as well, but I'm just not sold on Missouri, and I'm I'm gonna die with that ship. I'm going down with that ship. So. I could talk all day on Missouri. <laughs> you you can. The fact that you are staying with your sinking ship just shows that you're a good captain. You're on the South Carolina ship as it needs to be. You're riding the non-Missouri ship. So the fact that you're going down just shows, again, that you are an admirable captain, admirable leader, and a admirable architect for the ship that you have designed, the following that you have, and the unforeseeable death that you will find yourselves in uh speaking of admirable captain leader we're going to talk about florida state and what mike (laughs) norvell has done with the program there and ladies and gentlemen this weekend they're going to need all the jesus and the saving that they need because they host riley leonard and then blue devils now every now and then here on ball and barrel we do not cover double spread games because we do not like blowouts we don't really want to talk about let's just say easy money now if you're betting Mm -hmm. totally different you want the easy money you want the layup so to speak but as far as just like you want to like want some skin you want to like have like a nice payout to where it's like you know give a little bump bumps in your chest you know like so we like to stick with uh oh the little bump bumps yeah you need those bump bumps but um right now the, um, this Florida State team is given a 14-point uh, favoritism over these Blue Devils, which, Brandon, I'm going to say this is almost like the Tennessee-Alabama. This is a little disrespectful to Duke because Duke's defense is pretty legit. 
And Duke's defense is very legit, and they're well coached too. Yes, and isn't Jordan Travis still lingering from last week's injury as well? I think he's still lingering from last week's injury, and I, and Riley Leonard's still out, I believe. So, it, ah, I didn't know if he was out or not. Okay, I haven't I haven't seen any updates as far as him like playing or not. I would just assume that he would be playing. Well, if yeah, he's I, not playing, then that it definitely explains the double digit uh, favoritism for sure. But I think that the way that Duke plays, I think they can still cover the spread here um, because they're going to keep the ball on the ground. They're going to run it until they can't run it anymore. And uh, their backup quarterback, I think he's uh, Henry uh, Cavan or something like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dude's got some wheels to him. Uh, So they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to keep it on the ground. Their defense is solid. And they're well coached. I think that they can still cover this, even though Florida State is that good of a football team. Uh, and Jordan Travis is the real deal. Um, but I, I still think Duke covers here. It'd be interesting to definitely see them cover because it. I think uh, – well, actually, Brandon, I feel like if they cover, that could be classified as just a win for Duke. Because, mm-hmm. again, like they're not supposed to be this good. They're not supposed to be this relevant. And Florida State, you know, obviously their pressure now is not only winning games, but they have to start winning in convincing fashion. Like they have oh, to yeah. start beating teams by 20, 30 points. Like their defense needs to make offenses just look – just abysmal their mm-hmm. you know their offense needs to just be like an unstoppable force so like this is the time where they need to start like separating and really start showing the playoff committee that not only are they worthy of being the number four spot but they're also worthy of being one of the four teams in the end but um if they really plan on starting that resume against this defense and especially with what everything they want to cast off with what they already done you know the I, to me, I already think they're at a bit of a disadvantage. Now, yes, they are at home, which I guess um, I guess gives them some bit of comfort. But, Brennan, 14-point favoritism and the over-unders, not even 50. <laughs> it's tough. And they haven't had a convincing, serious convincing win. Oh, I'm going to look at an updated uh, injury report for Riley Leonard real quick. Yeah, see what it says. Um, but – I. Florida State hasn't had a seriously convincing win uh, except for that LSU blowout. But like we've talked about, the LSU blowout, LSU has the worst secondary in the in the nation, so <laughs> it, it makes it a little bit easier um, <laughs> to understand that blowout. Um, I'm a believer in, in Jordan Travis. I'm a believer in Norvell. Uh, I love Norvell coach teams. I wish he was still back in Memphis. Um we support Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell and what he does uh, as 901 uh, favorites. 100%. Whatever he does, wherever he goes, we always root for Mike Norvell. 100%. Um. <laughs> I, I just uh, found the injury update. Uh, so head coach uh, Mike Elko uh, said yesterday at his press conference, uh, he said, yeah, he's day-to-day dot, dot, dot with a smirk. Hmm. Be interesting. If he hmm. plays, it changes a lot, um, and I think they have a real chance to win the game. Yeah, if he pl- if he if he plays, especially with how good people aren't talking about Riley Leonard like they should. Like that's no. that's another guy that is going underneath the radar. But yeah, if he plays, oh yeah, like Duke has a chance to like go into Tallahassee and like really tear down 
every bit of their playoff hopes for sure. 100%. And you look at that Florida State-Clemson game, I think that's a very uh, comparable game here because of the way that Clemson plays. They're always a tough defensive team, um, and they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, I think that's a comparable outcome to what this game could be like, uh, except Duke is an even better defensive team and even slower paced. So I don't see any way how Duke doesn't cover here, if you want my honest opinion. I, hey, man, I'm all for it. And the fact that this game is also at night, Brendan, that's a long time on Saturday to kind of just, you know, put some ice on your ankle, wrap up extra, get some extra rest, get off your feet, just kind of like look over the iPad, look over some coverages. Like, that's some extra time, man. Like, if Riley needs to get his head right. Yes, sir. If if Riley Leonard is active, active for this game, give me Duke. But uh, obviously, as we sit here on uh, Tuesday morning, we'll have to definitely keep tabs on it towards uh, towards Friday. If Riley Leonard plays, give me Duke. If he doesn't play, I'm going to stick with Mike Norvell. Um, th- Brandon, this is just a game where I'm just hoping that it's just an entertaining game. You know, oh, yeah. I'm a fan of both teams, fan of both uh, coaches, quarterbacks. Like, there's a lot that I like about both teams. And the fact that both teams are ranked as well, like, that just makes it all the more better. Um, but they're kind of sl- good at fl- everything right now, too. Yeah, like Both absolutely. schools are good at everything. Basketball, football, baseball, like, they're just good at everything now. That's a, that's a good feeling. If you have a school that's literally good at everything, that is such a very good feeling. Um, but uh, this – uh, switching over to these two teams that Brandon really, both of them don't have a good feeling, but both of them are feeling as though, well, the season is not lost yet. There's still lots to be played for. There's still a bigger picture optimism with both of these programs. And that is when Clemson, them Clemson Tigers, them fighting Dabos go on and go on the road to take on Mario Cristobal and them fighting hurricanes the u swagger university which depends on who you ask uh, do they still have their swagger and <laughs> as far as a money perspective brandon from what i'm seeing it's basically a pick em. and yeah. the time travelers are actually using that to their advantage as well like they've set this line as a two and a half it's Hey, if you have a quarter, flip it five times. Whichever team lands on it three, just take them. Like there, there seems to be a sense of apathy from the from Vegas for both of these teams. Like we have no opinion one way or the other, whether good or bad. They're like we, they don't even think about these teams. It looks like, and ladies and gentlemen, again, like this kind of a little bit of a glaring reality of where we're at right now because both of these teams were both ranked. And and it's crazy because they only have two losses. Now, both of their losses are pretty crucial. But, Brandon, this could be like kind of like a turning point of a season in a way. Because, you know, here we are, both teams four and two, down times, both still historic programs with hopefully much pride to play for. With that being said, I'm going Miami. I'm going the home dog. Like the fact that it's in Coral Gaines – they're going to have more to play for there. It also, Brennan will further prove my point that, and kind of like what you were saying earlier, that the transfer portal is no longer an option. It's a necessity. Like mm-hmm. it is, it's no longer, you know, we're choosing to have internet. Like, no, 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 no. We have to have internet. 
Like that's it's just the way that it is in modern society of college football. And the transfer portal embrace or oh, I'm sorry, Miami embraces the transfer portal. Everyone knows Dabo is highly against it. So give me the Miami Hurricanes, give me the changes in college football. I'm I'm rolling with the home dogs. Hey, I respect that. And uh you know, Tyler Van Dyke is a, is another quarterback again that's kind of going under the radar. <laughs> Van Dyke is is a very good player. A lot um, of fat about to be trimmed off this NFL, sir. Starters, <laughs> backups, a lot of fat about to be trimmed right now. And I, 100%. I love it. 100%. And, you it. know, another thing, going to NFL real quick, I don't know why so many teams look at the Panthers, for, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Bryce Young, but giving up all those picks to get to jump up and get Bryce Young this year when you could wait to maybe one of the greatest quarterback drafts in recent We've memory. ever seen like, yeah. in our 20-plus years of existence, a quarterback class where eight or ten quarterbacks could go in the top 60 picks. Like, it's, 100%. <laughs> yeah, th- like, this year's going to be – 100%. This year's going to be crazy for quarterback draft. Um, and there's a lot of teams that still need <laughs> uh, solid quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, C.J. Stroud. <laughs> C.J. Stroud has proven me wrong, though. Um, C.J. Stroud's the real deal. I uh, like C.J. Stroud. Um, but we're not going to get too much in NFL, though, um, even though another conversation. We could go all day on, on people <laughs> giving up picks on for quarterbacks this year. Um, oh, we could. But uh, – <laughs> Anyway, yes, Van Dyke, great player, under the radar. Miami at home. I want to lean Miami here, but I've got to go with Clemson on this one. I think Clemson wins, and I think they do cover. Um, Just because I'm going with experience. I'm going with Dabo, as the year goes on, gets better. He just, I mean, it it just does. And – Clemson is a very finicky team this year because they're not playing like Clemson of old, really. Right. They look like they haven't. Something's missing. They look like something's missing. That number one six two to six four receiver on the outside where they can just hug it, chug it, and just throw it up. They they don't have that they don't have go getter. They don't and have that go getter. They've always had one. They've always had one. And they don't have it. But um I just went blank. What's the running back's name there? That's been. It seems like he's been there forever. Uh, oh, Will Shipley. The, yeah, Shipley, the, the Van Wilder of college football. <laughs> yes, Shipley. <laughs> I'm trusting in Shipley this game, uh, and I, I, I've got Clemson. I'm just waiting on Will Shipley to finally get in the NFL so I can draft him in a rookie fantasy league. Like I feel like I've been waiting on that guy for like the last like five years. Like, it's... Oh, it's, it, yeah, he's like he's like Hunter <laughs> Renfro. How Hunter Renfro felt like he was in college forever. <laughs> Like, how are you still in college, man? Like, you have an AARP membership and you're a college student. How does that? Yeah. How does that work? Hey, it's like DeAndre Williams from Memphis last year too. Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> you know they were talking about being able to get him back this year uh, again, and he was gonna be. He's he's my age. He's twenty. Is he like twenty like eight? Yeah, he's like twenty eight years old. Like, it, it, he's literally my age, and he's he, he was talking about coming back for his eighth year of college, pretty much. They Start stretching, it. Brandon. The Tigers need you. Start Shoot. stretching right now. <laughs> I couldn't imagine running up and down uh, the floor right now. 
Start stretching right now, my friend. But um, I'll tell you else who, or someone else who needs to start stretching, and uh, not just for uh, because of the ass kicking they got against the Fighting Irish, but just because of uh, they need to stretch physically, and they also need to stretch uh, mentally and uh, philosophically. And that's when these USC Trojans play hosts to these Utah Utes. Brennan, let me tell you why I love this game personally. Let's hear it. So, last year, as we know, um, Caleb um, wrote the the fuck Utah on his yep. nails, and Utah beat him not once but twice. And Kyle Winningham is everyone knows he's an old school like tough sob style coach. And then, but everyone in the Pac-12, including like Pac-12 presidents, officials, whomever, are so enamored with Lincoln Riley and his offensive brilliance and his quarterback, uh, you know, whispering ability. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone like Kyle Whittingham, like, I can't wait to play USC. Like, I can't wait to play Lincoln Riley. I can't wait to play Caleb Williams because my team is more physical than their team, and we're just going to kick the shit out of them every single time. And now that Caleb has had an official bad game in college football, we always say that good players, especially after bad games getting embarrassed, will definitely bounce back. But, Brandon, to be put in this position against, even though you're on, even though you're at home, to be facing the Utah Utes after getting beat down like that. Oh, tough spot to be in. It is. It is. And um, like you said, I think it's personal for Utah again. But For sure. <laughs> if you want my honest like, opinion, I think it's even more personal, though, for Caleb Williams. After he was embarrassed by them and had the stuff painted on his fingernails and people talked him down – People are talking him down right now after Notre Dame, after throwing three picks, and he's supposedly the greatest quarterback prospect maybe ever. I think it's very personal for him. And uh, Utah, like you said, solid defense. They're putting their hard hat on every single game and coming to work. They're going to war pretty much. They're not even going to work. They're going to war. Without uh, Cam Rising. Like, at this point, Brandon, are we just going to just – like, I think, like, the question of is he going to play is kind of out the door. And we're here yeah. we are in week eight. Like, it's – like, is he going to – I think the question should be, is he going to play at all this season? Not yeah. when's he going to play. Is he going to play at all? Uh, I agree. I don't know what that whole Cam Rising – because every single week it's like they're keeping it hush-hush. And they're like, oh, he's, he's – yeah, he might play. But then he doesn't play. So, I don't understand the whole camerizing deal. Uh, and I think they're doing it strictly for game plan, which is smart. Um, you know, trying to keep what they're doing undercover. Um, but I'm rolling with USC here at home. I think Caleb Williams, I think it's more personal to him than it is See, my to USC just because um, of what happened strictly last game. My USC too. side tells me not to do that. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I understand completely. And um, – and I well, was against USC last week against Notre Dame when everybody was on USC. Um, it, it, and the thing is, it has nothing to do with Lincoln. It has nothing to do with Caleb. It's just their defense and Alex yeah. Grinch. Yeah. Like, at, oh, at this point, 
bro, it's so bad. Like, and, and, and I said this last week to Jacob. I was like, all right, the only difference between Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley in USC is he just switched out his Oklahoma visor for a USC visor. It's the exact same team, personnel, problems, issues, standout quarterbacks, water receiver. Like, it's literally the same with everything. Oh, it's just a 100%. different area code. Yeah. And it's – Man, like that—that's why I'm just kind of just inclined. Like I'm, I'm basically kind of inclined to just take Utah money line here. Just be like, all right, like you see a wounded animal again. Kyle Winningham probably has this game circled and was just like, we're like this game, like, like he's he was probably preparing for this game, Brennan, like in the summer. Like he oh. couldn't wait to play this game. So he has this game circled for sure. Um, well, but I mean, I mean, if you look at the the Notre Dame game, I, did you? I don't know if you watched the Notre Dame USC game. I watched the condensed version. I didn't watch the full version. Uh, I was yeah. at work uh, when the, when it was happening. And you know that's a that's a similar style team to Utah as a, in a way. Um, I just think that Caleb Williams is not going to let that happen back to back games. And I back think to Caleb back. Williams, yeah, I I, I just got to okay. roll with Caleb here. Um, and I, I don't you. think that Utah – if Cam Rising doesn't play, which me and you are under the same impression that he might never play again, <laughs> um, God, I just don't suck. think that Utah can score enough points to keep up with them, um, even though their defense is that good and USC's defense is that bad. I still just don't think that they can score enough points. Little, uh little interesting uh, tidbit that I just looked at. Uh, my friend, um, he better have a good game. Because he'll need this game and next week to quote unquote get right. Because from an, uh, I'm looking at USC's um, the re- the remaining schedule, and just simply from a not just from a national championship or Pac-12 championship standpoint, but simply just from a, as a NFL draft prospect evaluating standpoint. Brennan, listen to this. Obviously, Utah this weekend. Next weekend, you go on the road to Cal, then then you uh, host Washington, then you go to Oregon, and then obviously you play your rivalry game against UCLA. They have their true freshman quarterback in Dante Moore going through growing pains, but that UCLA defense is legit. So for the next five weeks, like, yeah, Caleb's going to be kind of put to the test a little bit, uh, just from an evaluating standpoint. His Heisman uh, season is over. He's not winning the Heisman after the No, he's not winning the Heisman. I mean, Michael Penix has a clear pathway. You talked about Spencer Rattler being the best quarterback in the SEC. You may call me a homer, you may not, but I think that belongs to Jaden Daniels. Right now, the stats that he's putting up, even with the horrendous defense, is definitely worth noticing as well. But Jaden um, Daniels obvi- has played great. Uh, he, he's unreal. Been- it's, Dylan I mean, Nixon's he, probably my favorite right now for Heisman. Who? Dylan Nixon. Or, I mean, Dylan Gabriel, you, my bad. You say I don't Dylan know why Gabriel, yeah. I don't know well, why I said Nixon, uh, but Dylan Gabriel for I, Oklahoma. I actually my, picked Dylan Gabriel last week on uh, my Heisman winner section just because of the big win and because of just how favorable Oklahoma's schedule is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll continue to say, and until one of these other or one of these four teams like loses drastically, I'm just going to keep saying it. Don't be surprised if you don't see a rematch in the Big 12 championship between Oklahoma and Texas and mm-hmm. with the Pac-12 championship, 
Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, not Wisconsin, uh, Washington and Oregon. Like those four teams, unless all of them lose another game, like all four of those teams are going to be featured in, in championship Saturday. 100%. But, hey, I'll tell you this it, one. Since you brought up Texas, I have one thing I need to get off my chest here about Texas. Quinn Ewers. I'm out. Has pissed I, I, me off to I'm no out. end. There are only so many plays. Watching watching Quinn Ewers, all right, every single play is either he's going to air it out downfield or he's going to fake a handoff and just float it over the top to one of his tight ends. And, it, I mean, and it's going to get – it's gotten picked off multiple times now. But he has no pocket awareness. He has no – uh, short to mid-range accuracy. It's just floating it over the top and hoping that one of his big tight ends can make a play. Like I am completely out on Quinn Ewers. Still love Texas as yes. a whole because Texas has five stars oh, at yeah. every single position. Incredible sec- roster, yes. They're the second most loaded team in America, number one in being Michigan. As far as just talent, five stars everywhere. Michigan's the most talented team as far as in a future NFL talent too. I think Michigan is loaded. With five stars everywhere, um, but Texas is is right there behind them. And um, but Quinn Ewers is just he's done me dirty this year. I was on the Texas bandwagon, but I'm I'm fully off of it now because of Quinn Ewers. Brennan, there's some scouts in the scouting community that have him as a top ten pick. No, I don't see it. No, I don't know what they're talking about. I think that's that's just literally just being affiliated with the Texas brand. You just assume that, and especially that one big win over Alabama and the fact that he looked good doing it. It's like, all right, well, he just solidified his spot. And it's just like, no, like there is more than enough evidence that kind of go against the top 10 ranking. And, yeah. and then they look at, you know, you were coming out of high school. He was the highest ranked quarterback ever coming out of high didn't school. Didn't play his senior year. Yeah. Like, like that shit was already a polarizing like situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't remember if, but uh, what Brennan's talking about. Like, yeah, he was a, like a five-star prospect uh, coming out of Texas. Everyone really wanted him to play at Texas originally, but he skipped his senior year and had a, a signed an NIL deal with Ohio State, went to mm-hmm. Ohio State, didn't work out. Obviously, now he's back in Texas. But, I mean, yeah, just to the point to where it's like, all right, like people want him to be like people have been viewing him as quote unquote good for the last like three or four years, maybe and even longer as well. And you're right, like the like the, the eye in the sky don't lie, and like it's just like and, and like if we're seeing it, like I'm sure like other scouts like like that are good at their position or they're not just going by like just one game or just like being associated with one team. I'm sure they see it too. They're like, nah. Oh, yeah. I, like let someone draft that kid in the, it, with the tenth pick. Like hey, I'll let tell them you this. draft him. Being uh, being a Titans fan that you are, uh, you've part seen time. part time. You've seen you've seen Derrick Henry. I have throw take the snap and throw those throw, throw <laughs> touchdowns in the end zone. Okay, you've seen him <laughs> how he takes the snap and he'll act like he's about to run, then he's going to float it over the top to you know in the past has been Ferks or or somebody you know. This year, I think it's uh, it, it was uh, um, Trayvon, whatever his name is, or, or the tight end, whatever backup tight end behind for Tennessee, whatever his name, Trayvon Westfall, I think, or or West, whatever his name is. All right. Oh, Westco, Westco, Westco. Anyway, yeah. but you've seen the way that that Derrick Henry passes the ball right there. That is I exactly do. the way Quinn Ewers passes the ball when it's not just a downfield air to air it out play. 
Like that is, he looks the exact same. He's going to take the snap and just air it right over the top. Like it doesn't look smooth. It doesn't look quick. Like it's just aired out right over the top to one of his tight ends or a crossing route from one of his wide receivers. And that's exactly what it looks like is Derrick Henry throwing the ball. But then when Quinn Ewers takes a snap, steps back and sits in the pocket and throws a dart over the top. It's beautiful, and you're like, it's beautiful. You're like, it's oh a, my it's god, a, it's this a guy rainbow is the shot, like, right there, like gets dropped right in the cookie yeah. jar. But you know, like what you're talking about, those uh, that uh, that essentially like a knuckleball in a way. It's basically like he's like pushing the ball, like yes, in a way is, too. It is and a it's, push shot almost, and uh, it, anything under weird. 20 yards, that's what he's throwing. Like is Derrick Henry throwing in the end zone? So it's not good. <laughs> Again, like there are probably again, there's some scouting people who are like, yeah, let let him get picked in the top ten. But um, yeah. So, man, we got a great slate this weekend. We could talk more games, but obviously, I know you got to get going, Brandon. Before you get going, uh, tell me a few of uh before you go on uh, the show tonight. Uh, give a uh, give the listeners a little uh, a little little sneak peek at uh, some of your best bets of the week. So, one of my favorite bets this week is actually tonight. It's Liberty to cover against MTSU. It's I think it's 14 and a half now. Uh, I like taking that all the way up to almost 18. Um, I've watched MTSU quite a few games this year, um, especially you know now that we got some midweek action going on with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to watch MTSU a little bit. And um, MTSU's a bad football team. Um, and actually, looking back on it, they played close with Missouri early in the year. So that even solidifies my my hate for Missouri. <laughs> but MDSU is not not a good football team. Liberty is a solid football team. Um, give me Liberty to cover 14.5 tonight. Uh, and then also earlier, like we talked about it, Penn State, first half money line against Ohio State, one of my favorite bets of the week. And then, um, honestly, the under 47 in that Penn State-Ohio State game also. So those are some of my – Favorite games. Other than that, it looks like a lot of traps. Um, you know, I'm going with South Carolina. I'm not going to tell the listeners to go with that. It's not. It's not a. It's not a a, a safe bet, uh, especially the way Missouri's looked to the public. But like I've said, I'm. You can call me a hater if you want to, but. We I'm say what Miz- we have to say on this podcast, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. We're, I'm, I'm, we put our name on it. We say what we have to say. That's what yeah, we do. Get it off your chest, all right? And I'm going to get it off my chest, all right? I, I like South Carolina. But like I said, Liberty tonight, under in the Penn State game, and the first half money line for Penn State. Those are my three favorite bets this week. All right. And uh, right before uh, you get you out of here, give me your current Natty winner and Heisman winner as well as of we sit here. All right, Natty winner, touched on it a little bit earlier. I'm going Michigan. I think Michigan is the complete team. Um, We talked about it also. The SEC is wide open. Uh, I could still see LSU just scoring enough points because they're not going to stop anybody. But I could see LSU winning the SEC in some some form or fashion Um, because I think that Georgia, now without Bowers, is going to drop one or two games. Oof. I do, because they have not looked like the Georgia of old. What was um, it? Uh, the initial timeline, was it four to six weeks is what they're thinking? Weeks. And even, like, some people are kind of speculating that he'll even, like, sit out, like, the rest of the year unless they're, like, the number one seed in the playoff or, like, yeah. whatever the case may be. Like, there's already, like, some speculation that he won't even play again for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think his agent's pushing him not to play because 
You know, obviously, (laughs) obviously, he's all they they care about is money. They don't care about legacy. And a top five pick right now. uh, You know, it's kind of hard to to miss that. But he's the type of player that he's going to want to get back out there. So I believe he'll be back. But I think in the meantime, I think they could drop one or two games. Um, So give me Michigan to win it all. Um, And then my favorite for the Heisman, like I said earlier, Dylan Gabriel. Um, I don't think that there is one player in the nation that has more of an impact on his team right now than Dylan Gabriel does on Oklahoma. Uh, If you just look at that Texas game, Texas has a great defense, and Dylan Gabriel picked them apart. He did. Um, So give me Dylan Gabriel as my my favorite for Heisman right now. Wunderbar. That is exactly what I need to hear. Uh, my current uh, national championship is, uh, or pretty much, I actually have the exact same scenario. I'm going to stick with uh, the Michigan train just because of everything of what you said as far as like the NFL prospects. But uh, Brennan, I actually just believe as far as a road to get there, they have a very nice path. Um, yes. From what I'm reading, uh, as far as uh, from scouting communities that scout like Ohio State and Michigan, the gap between those two programs is much wider than people are even acknowledging. So, and I think that'll kind of like come to, I think that'll kind of come to light this weekend, especially if Penn state just beats Ohio state, like we're anticipating. Yes. And, um, my Heisman winner. Yeah. I'm still like, I, I had, I had said, I started off with Jaden Daniels to start the season. Then for like a good, like two or three week stretch, I was saying Shadur Sanders, regardless of winner losses, just the numbers that he's putting up, I said that Michael Penix, I haven't picked Michael Penix as my current Heisman favorite, but he's always just been kind of like teetering because of the numbers that he's putting up. Now he has the signature win. I'm actually uh, still sticking with Dylan Gabriel as well. He already has the signature win. And Brennan, listen to this schedule. Now, Oklahoma just had their bye, or they have their bye week uh, this week. Mm -hmm. Um, But just listen to, or I'm sorry, they had their bye week last week, but just listen to the schedule. UCF. At Kansas without Jalen Daniels. At Oklahoma State, we know about Bedlam. West Virginia at Brigham Young hosting TCU. You know what I hear? A lot of points. A lot of, yes, a lot of points. A lot of Heisman moments. And a lot of these, I'm seeing three of these next six games. All of them are at uh, 11 o'clock or noon, like that time. So you'll have people that are, Still pretty sober, clear-eyed, <laughs> seeing him put up those big numbers. And even though beating less teams, the fact that he still has the Texas win and, like you said, the way that he did it and in crucial time, the crucial time that he did it, I'm, I'm rolling with Dylan Gabriel. I'm hoping that they don't lose. The fact that you can have an undefeated Oklahoma team going up against a one-loss Texas team in a Big 12 championship where the one loss that Texas had was to Oklahoma – and who knows, man, the, the time travelers, how much they favor Texas so much that Texas could be favored in that game again. Just, I, I probably think they will be. And I think, but I think Oklahoma has a very, Oklahoma and Michigan both have a very clear path to playoff berth. The playoff, they do. And um, it's it, right, as long as they don't slip up. And what's crazy is they both have defensive coaches, but their defensive coaches have put their imprints not only on the defense, but also just the mindset of that team and it's just mm-hmm. seeping out everywhere like the tough yeah. physical like we're just gonna bludgeon people 
until they can't take it anymore. And from a, a, at least from both of their standpoints, you know, now that you talk about that with uh, with Michigan, you know, there were you know the calls for Harbaugh a while ago, and then he takes that pay cut, and then it, I think he's lost. I think I saw a stat, Brandon, that he's lost two games, just two games, ever since he's uh, taken that pay cut, and those two games just happen to be the in the playoff. Yeah. And then you have um, what? Well, oh, oh my goodness. Um, who were we just talking about? I, I just drew a blank. Um, I just drew a blank there. The other polarizing person we were talking about. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, with um with Oklahoma, Brett Venables, how even after one year, people were just like, this ain't it. Can't work. This is not Oklahoma. And now here we, here we sit. They're undefeated. They got that big upset win. It's like, yeah. So you have these two defensive coaches that were already just kind of just, you know, the public was, you know, lighting the pit or lighting the torches and, you know, getting the pitchforks and getting ready to, you know, March. But now here they sit in a pretty good position. Like you said, to make the college football playoff. God, that's what makes this sport so it's great. So the exciting. fact that here we do like, dude, like we're, we're almost to Halloween. Then we got championship November. And then obviously we have deciding December, man, it's, it's such a good time for college football. But, um, yeah. And if you look at Michigan too, if you load up the box and try to make, uh, you know, try to stop Blake Corum, well, guess what? McCarthy has looked JJ great. McCarthy. will what? Okay. Don't be surprised, Brandon, if I have you on later in the year where our Dylan Gabriel Heisman pick flips to a JJ McCarthy because he's not happen. putting. Well, he's not putting up the daunt like the crazy numbers that everyone else is. But as far as like an efficient and like a poise and like just not putting his team in a position to really fail, mm-hmm. like JJ McCarthy, like is he's is been great, really good. But, you know, if you look at them, you know, you have Blake Corum. So if you try to stop McC- uh, J.J. McCarthy, you got Blake Corum that's going to run it down your throat for 200 yards. So you cannot stop Michigan. I, I, and I'm a true believer of that now. You cannot stop Michigan. And scoring on them is just as hard because their defense is loaded. Um, and then going to Oklahoma, defense has really picked it up. But without Dylan Gabriel, I just do not think they are anything. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like Derrick Rose to the old Bulls. You know, it, without him, they they weren't winning anything. And now you look at it with Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma. Without Dylan Gabriel, they're not doing anything. So Dylan Gabriel is my favorite for the Heisman. But like you said, I could see it flipping to McCarthy if people keep loading the box and making him throw. It's wide open, man. Like uh, everyone was wanting to say that Caleb could win it back to back, but there's a reason that it hasn't been won back to back since 1975. And the fact that you have Caleb already throwing his three interception game, getting his ass kicked like that, and pretty mu- and who knows, maybe we'll have another loss, you know, here pretty mm-hmm. soon. Who knows? Yeah, like Michael Penix, Bo Nix, even though he has a ha, now has that signature loss, if he can kind of like storm back and possibly win the Pac-12 championship, um, Dylan Gabriel, obviously, uh, J.J. McCarthy will go underneath the realm. Um, Shador Sanders, uh, there's there's a chance. Okay, so the only gives me pause about that, Brandon, is that there are some people in the scouting community that are saying that Colorado may not even win another game. Like it's the rest of their schedule – that's scary. Like it that is. would really suck because that would make that Stanford loss so much worse. Because that could be. What are they? They're four and three now. Yes. Who Colorado? Yes. Yeah. 
and Stanford's two and two and four, I think. God, because that means if they would have won that game, they would they literally if they would have won that game Friday night, they would literally be one win away from bowl eligibility. Which mm-hmm. say what you want, that could that's a massive accomplishment for a team with with what they've done. But um, no, hundred percent. I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. What else is a massive accomplishment? And that's this company that you know called Acres Down South that you're affiliated with, that you have birthed. You've seen the you've seen the ascending. You've seen the numbers. You've seen the product. And Brennan, you already know. But for those listeners, those new listeners that I've seen that I've starting to gain, I have to tell you, as you can see. I'm wearing a beautiful shirt. Brandon's wearing an amazing hat. I'm also wearing the amazing elite merchandise that Acres Down South gives not only for us, but also for you as well. Again, the website is Acres Down South. Elite merchandise, game day polos, performance polos with the infinity stretch so it moves with you. You stay cool and dry during any activity. You could be at work winning the water cooler. You could be on the golf course. You could just be taking a hike or even just kind of walking around getting your drink on. These feel amazing. They feel light. Fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, last week at the Tennessee South, oh, I'm sorry, Tennessee Texas A&M game, there was a fan who was so enamored with the Acres Down South polo, he literally bought it off of the young man's skin, paid him $100 cash money for the Acres Down South shirt. The supply and demand is there, and that is what they are looking for. But Brennan will also tell you that not only do they have those elite game day polos, they also have these sweet hats that you can get as well. I'm usually rocking my uh, my white Louisiana, you know, purple rope design that y'all got out. Oh, yeah. And delicious uh, seasonings and sauces. But Brennan, what I love telling people about your company is that not only are you have all these incredible feats, but the fact that you and Jacob and everyone that's associated with Acres Down South is involved in NIL. You are involved in getting to know college athletes, expanding their brand, getting them in front of the right people, and also putting a little coin in their pocket as well. That is one of my absolute, absolute favorite features about your company. So ladies and gentlemen, again, the the name is Acres Down South. Follow them on all of these social platforms. They also have a uh, a podcasting community as well. So not only is the Third Degree Podcast affiliated with it, also Last Call Sports, as we talked about with Jacob last week. Brennan and Jacob, also with their beloved doctor and their friend Ryan, are all affiliated with giving incredible betting advice. Listen to them. They've definitely earned, uh, uh, gotten me some money as well. So, again, that is Acres Down South and follow their podcast, Last Call Sports. You can find them on all the socials. And when you've entered, I'm sorry, when you have gone to their website and you have purchased every bit of this incredible merchandise, when you get to the checkout part, make sure to enter the promo code 3DP. That's 3 D is in dog, P is in pirate, for 15% off your entire order. Again, that is 3DP, 15% off your entire order, limited one use per customer. Brennan, I can't thank you enough for coming on, talking some ball. This has been a lot of fun. We got a lot to look forward to this weekend, my man. 
We do. And thank you. And thank you for the plug there, too. All right. Uh, you know, we're big supporters here of, uh, of 3DP and Acres Down South and, and Last Call Sports here. We're all together here, and uh, we're all supporters of each other. And, and, man, thank you for having me on. It's been fun. We covered a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, as soon as we get ramped up on a, on a, when it gets into November and, and, and we've got some really heated games, I'd love mm. to be back on. We, we can chop it up again. Multiple episodes are always encouraged, sir. And, of course, you are always welcome. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, I just have to let you know, unfortunately, there will not be another podcast from the third degree until somewhere near Halloween, maybe not a Halloween night. I will be going to London, and I will also be going to Edinburgh, and I will be finishing my trip in Dublin. So I have a very big vacation that's been planned. I was just telling Brandon before we went live, it's been being planned since Christmas of last year. So my girlfriend and I are going to be going to, again, London, Edinburgh, and Dublin. We are so, so excited. Uh, We have put off a spring vacation, a summer vacation, or even so much of a uh, fall break that everyone loves getting in on. We've put off all of that to make this vacation happen. So hopefully you will understand that this is an amazing experience. And the two things I've always said on this podcast that I will always overpay for are education and experience. This falls under one of those. And who knows, I might even be educated along the way as well. So there will not be anything of a record until Halloween. But with that being said, when I get back, I'm sure a lot will have happened and I'll have a lot to talk about. Who knows, maybe I'll even have to talk about it with Brennan as I get back as well. But ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for making us a part of your day. Please continue to subscribe to the Third Degree Podcast. Again, follow Acres Down South and uh, follow their podcast, The Last Call Sports. Be sure to tell your friends, your family, tell everyone, as Brennan says, we all grow together, or as the kids say, uh, to the moon, as they would say. But um, Brennan, have yourself a great rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, good luck on your bets as well, sir. Hey, thank you. You too, and y'all have a safe trip. Solid. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Go Tigers! (laughs) 